Hi, I'm Whitney Walker, and this is the Women Waken podcast, where I interview guests who are in the field of healing and spiritual work using their unique gifts of the divine feminine. We talk all about these amazing gifts that these particular guests have and how they're bringing them forth in the world. On this episode, I welcome Ascension teacher, Ellen Catherine Shamala. Ellen is a divine healer, transformational speaker, and pioneer of the quantum enlightenment system. She helps people to take their emotional healing to the next level and emphasizes the importance of doing light body work at this time and what the spiritual roadmap is and how it can help us accelerate our transformation. Ellen shares with us about her work and shares what the seven ascension lessons are, how the quantum enlightenment system can heal you, and what is the cellular memory record and how it affects our lives. So all of these are concepts that Ellen uses to help people really dismantle the victim consciousness and raise our vibrations during this challenging time. Her work inspires us to stop the cycle of misery from constraints of emotional burdens to create a life where abundance, freedom, and happiness are the norm. So take a listen, enjoy, and here's my guest. Hello, Ellen Catherine Shamaloff. Welcome to the Women Waken podcast. Hi, thank you so much for having me here. Yeah, glad we were able to make this happen. <laughs> yes, it's been a, a journey, I but know. I guess it happens for a reason. You know, now is the perfect time. Absolutely, right timing always. And you were you're moving. You've been on a moving journey. Yes, I finally moved to Florida, um, and Oof. we still didn't get all of our furniture, but it's coming along. <laughs> Oh, wow. Yeah, that can take a while. Moving is always such an undertaking. And you never, there's always mix ups and snafus. It's, uh, it's always a little bit complicated. Yeah. And I'm just curious, you know, like what lessons it, it likes to bring for us surrender, yeah. control, you know, all the good stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And then I'm doing a bit of traveling as well. I can, I've actually never filmed outside for a podcast, but I'm in uh, Birmingham, Alabama at my uh, family's house. And it's beautiful here with all the woods and trees. So you were recently in Texas, no? Yep. Yep. I came from Austin to here. Oh, very nice. Mm -hmm. Very nice. So what's your next move? Vegas, baby. (laughs) <laughs> we're going to Vegas too soon. Oh my goodness. Well, maybe we'll be there at the same time. Yeah. Which is a we'll long see. drive. Are you, you're, I bet you're flying. We're flying. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a four day drive for me. Like there are three full days. Oh, wow. Anyways. All right. So Ellen Catherine Shamala, is that the correct pronunciation? Shamalov. Shamalov. And then could you share with us? Because that usually I introduce guests by their, their first or first middle name, but you prefer the full name. And can I think it's interesting why. And I think it's powerful if you could share that with us. Well, it's part of the work that I do. You know, you had the blueprint call with me. So we spoke oh. a little bit about the name and the energy behind the name. So our names are given to us, you know, by not coincidence, but telepathically. And so our names carry certain frequency. Uh, my original name, birth name is Ellen Gavrielov, but because I did an overlay of Ellen Catherine Shamalov, I like to just keep that energy because 
if you just say Ellen Catherine, it just changes the energy and the frequency of the name. And okay, so well, thank you for sharing that with us. <laughs> no, because it is. It's 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 interesting because most people will only use their their first name, not their full given name. So, yeah. All right, and you are a ascension teacher, a divine healer, transformational speaker, and you're the pioneer of the quantum enlightenment system. Could you tell us about that? And that's sort of what you shared with me in our blueprint call, which was fantastic, by the way. It was really insightful and interesting and different components that I'd never thought of before. I'd never really considered. And you were introducing new concepts and ideas sort of about my life path, my blueprint for myself. It was really fascinating. So I would love for us to just kind of jump in and have you share about that. So the quantum enlightenment system is basically an acceleration path. You know, it helps you go up the spiral of growth so that we could free yourself from the structures that are holding all these programs into place. The programs being the limiting beliefs and believe it or not, the limiting belief and you believe it because you've, you know, you've experienced it. But for all the listeners out there, um, the belief programs are created already in advance for us in our blueprint, right? So we already mentioned that we take your name and we break it down into the Hebrew phonetic and into the Hebrew phonetic, the Hebrew codes, you know, the Hebrew language is so powerful. It holds the Hebrew codes. And so when you look at your blueprint, which is how we start the quantum enlightenment system, right? We look at your divine blueprint. What are the codes based on your name, the frequency behind your name that are running your life? And this is all the vows that you, your soul had chosen prior to coming here. These are the the experiences that you're meant to experience and ultimately your divine mission. Like what is it that you're actually meant to bring out to the world and, you know, so you can find the fulfillment. And so um, the quantum enlightenment system takes your name, gives you your frequency, tells you the programs that you have in your own name, in your divine blueprint. And also um, we look into the life lessons that, you know, you're meant to experience. And those are all held within your cellular memory record. And so in the blueprint call, you get an idea of, you know, what is going on in your life. You get an idea of what your divine mission is. You get an idea of what is, um, what lessons you're working with and what's holding you back ultimately from really fulfilling your purpose. Mm -hmm. And then the quantum enlightenment system, we uninstall all those programs. (laughs) So we literally take all those layers out from the cellular memory record. And then we install the new high vibrational programs, bliss, joy, peace, liberation, Mm. abundance, health, you know, all those types of things. Um, And we go deeper with that. You know, there, there are different structures that we place with those particular programs. And then we upload a new, I guess, 2.0 version, um, reprogramming the, the soul, the blueprint. Wow. 
So how did you come into this, these teachings? How did you come into this? Did you, did, was this taught to you or did you create? Cause you call yourself a pioneer. So is it something that you, you sort of were inspired like sort of by downloading or? (laughs) It was downloaded. Yes. Um, through my own journey, you know, I've had a lot of experience through learning from other people, seeing what they were teaching and what they were not teaching and just feeling in my body what felt right and what didn't, what was missing. Um, And so spirit kept guiding me through all these channels, through all these people. And finally, just one day I sprinted out of the shower and just kept hearing all the steps. And I just kept writing step one, step two, step three, and just put everything down into what was coming through. And when I, you know, finally finished it, I looked at it and I thought, wow, what just happened here? Like I knew in the moment what I was doing, but when I actually looked at the, you know, the final piece, I started, you know, calling my friends and asking if I can work on them to see what this was all about. Yeah. Wow. And what would you do with your friends? Like what kind of, what did you start out working on? If you, if it was just so kind of this inspired insight into how you can work with people and help them sort of heal, align, what were you starting out with, with your friends and what were they finding about this process? Well, with my friends, it started off like a very long drawn out healing. It was about three hours. Um, and it wasn't to the delicacy that it is now. We, just pointed on the programs and the emotions, but we didn't go as deep as we go now. Um, But we did it all in three hours because I thought, yeah, you know what? This is all just one time. Little did I know and realize um, that it was a series of things. So that's why I was hearing step one, step two, step three, and all those things. But then when I looked at it, I said, you know what? This is way too long to be in one session. And it's probably so daunting on the body. Um, you know, they, they heard, I mean, they got some good results. We had some people who were starting to be more open about things and they were able to, um, talk about other things and be themselves. Authenticity, authenticity came out. So we saw those little shifts, but then I thought, you know what, let me see. And they gave me their feedback too. Like it was too long. Let's cut it down, this and that. So then I, I sat with it and after marinating and hearing, you know, the guides, I was breaking it down into the levels that it had to be. And it came out to be this six session um program, individualized program that I, you know, work one-on-one with people right now. Wow. And then what does each session look like? Like, what are you walking these people through when you do these, these programs with them? Well, you've had the experience of the blueprint call, right? So we start off with looking at your, your divine blueprint, and we look at the programs that are holding in your body. I take you into, um, a divine activation chamber where you are very uh, much protected, where there's no interference that can come in. And during that time, you are in your own body. And that's the most important part because everything is held in the body. Mm-hmm. So I just allow you to tell me as I facilitate what is happening. So in the blueprint call, you know, people who will experience this, this is a portion of what we do in the actual quantum enlightenment system, because we don't uninstall those programs in the blueprint call. But what we do is poke a little hole 
with clearing out the timeline that first comes up during that blueprint call. Okay. And then we go deeper in the quantum enlightenment system by uninstalling those programs and installing the new ones and then going, you know, further into the vessel upgrade and then the reprogramming of your divine blueprint, which basically just means, let's say a person wants to, let's say a person right now is coaching, right? We have these light workers and healers that are out there, they're coaching, they're seeing clients or they're Reiki masters, whatever it is they're doing. They want to reach a next level. They know that there's a next level and they just can't quite get there. And so it always seems to be those, <laughs> those people that come to me that want to release those invisible blockages so that they can get to that, to that next level. And so part of the program, we get into, well, what do you, well, what does that next level look like to you? What what is it that you would like to achieve? And so the reprogramming of the divine blueprint comes with that information in mind. So once you're clear and you have more of spirit residing in your body, you have more of an understanding of what it is you want to achieve during the fifth session when we reprogram your divine blueprint. It's actually pretty amazing. Yeah, it sounds like it. It sounds incredible. <laughs> So why do you think that it's so important at this time right now? What is your view? I mean, I, I don't... When did you really come into this sort of work? Because, you know, you and I talked, and I think a lot of us who are doing this sort of work and who are, you know, sort of aligned with it, recognize that we're at a very pivotal time in the shift and transition on our planet of humanity. So why do you think that it's important to do this sort of light body work right now? Because look at what's out there right now, right? We've got a lot of truth that's opening up our eyes. We were starting to see that there is not much freedom, that we have been controlled for a really long time. Mm -hmm. And now that a lot of these things are coming to light and the planet is shifting, the planet is already going into the fifth dimensional field. Humanity is going into that field with it. And so what we need to do is finally stop that separation, right? Release all these structures. And this is why light body work is important. This is why, you know, what, I, what I do is part of the light body work. We activate the light body so that you can have vaster spirit come inside your physical vessel mm -hmm. so that it can upgrade the, the body, the physical body to create and maintain the fifth dimensional structure. The importance right now is as we are ascending into the fifth dimension, it's our bodies that need to upgrade. Our bodies are so dense right now in the third dimensional field. And so the amazing time <laughs> for all of us to be so activated right now is to experience the alchemy, the transmutation of all the energy that is happening within us, in our cells, in this big computer that we are running every day, right? And to really see a new structure, this crystalline DNA activation so that we can get into that higher dimensional frequency. Yeah. And what density. happens once we reach that higher frequency? More freedom. Well, yeah, you get more freedom. You can manifest more um, quickly. You can manifest a lot quicker than what it is now. Um, but you essentially what's happening is 
you know, the Galactic Federation of Light is trying to have this earth on its team so that it could, so that's why the ascension process is so important because it wants it back on the team so that it could help other, you know, universes and timeframes and, and planets that need to get to the ascension process. So the more they have on their team, the better it is. So we can all have that one source, you know, back into purification. Yeah. Okay. And then how did you get into this work? What, what brought you, did you always work in sort of a spiritual healing capacity? Um, actually I've always been a manager, <laughs> you know, I, at one point I wanted to have my own skincare line and, um, you know, a spa. And, uh, you know, when I, when I was in that field, I decided instead of me working on formulating products, Cause that's, you know, I was in fashion institute technology as a cosmetic and fragrance marketing major. And what we learned there was product development, um, and learning how to use frequencies and products and so forth. It was actually very science-based. <laughs> it was pretty good. But when I looked at the people that I was around, I thought, nah, I, I, I don't see myself, you know, in that future. I just want to go into management in the beauty industry and so that's what I did. I, I went into that direction and I think it started off, you know, like I had to learn how to work with people and that's what this experience was all about. And then while I was in that field, I started learning more about holistic wellness. And that's when I met my husband, who I say is my catalyst into the spiritual worlds because I blocked myself since I was a young age because of an experience that I had. And so he came into my life just as soon as I became more holistic. <laughs> and he's a very holistic, conscious guy, you know? Um, and what he did was he introduced spirit science to me, which kind of just brought all this information that I knew in the back of my mind. It just activated it. And so that's what got me into this whole emotional clearing work for myself. And when I experienced this bliss state when I was in Florida um, at a healing retreat one time, I remember standing outside with my husband saying, oh my God, this feels so amazing. I can't believe how light I feel. I just, I cannot wait to come home and do this for other people. And so that was my goal. Like as soon as I came home, I opened up an LLC and I just started looking into how I was going to, you know, bring this out to the world. And it was a journey from there. Wow. And how, what was the journey like to trans? Cause that's a very different type of work. Cause I imagine as a manager, you're probably more a mainstream job corporation company that you worked for. Um, I worked for small businesses and some corporations, which I really didn't like, but yeah. um, the transition wasn't, that terrible. I mean, I never even really thought about the the transition, but I can say that when I came home, the what I learned at my retreat and the information that I got from it, I needed to integrate it into my own life, which included being at work, right? So I started to experiment on a daily basis. Like, what is this teaching me? What is this experience teaching me? And more and more started integrating the life lessons and all of all of the stuff that was associated to the life lessons. And 
I actually came across someone who did a similar soul reading that I do with the, you know, with the Hebrew phonetics. Mm-hmm. And um, he brought some information to me about, you know, teacher of teachers, this and that, but I, I, I couldn't hear it then. I was too closed off at that time. I was just not going to have it because I did not want to accept that responsibility. Yeah. So more and more as I'm, you know, down this journey of trying to go out there as like a health coach, you know, I learned so much about myself and who I was and what I was meant to do. And finally came to the realization that I, I, I need to step into what I'm actually meant to do. And that's more spirit based. And I was too scared to be judged. I was scared that people would, you know, not want to hear me because it was too woo woo. That's why I stuck to health because, you know, if you can detox in that way and then throw in some spirituality, it won't be too bad. But now I've learned to step into the full Ascension teachings and understand that this is what I meant to, what I meant to bring out. Yeah. And can you tell us what, what are the seven Ascension lessons? Cause I know that's a part of your work. And I think, and also, is there a way to sort of share with maybe anyone who's listening, who isn't really aware of what it means to ascend? And, and so, cause I personally, if I was trying to express that to somebody who was like not here for the, you know, kind of out there esoteric stuff, I would say that ascension is really raising to our evolving to our higher self, right? We're raising mm-hmm. to a higher version of ourselves. And I feel like people can get that. They're like, oh, okay, it's like self-improvement. It's like trying to grow and mature and all these things. But it's it's also what I would say this next level of ascension is, is it's recognizing that we're energy beings. And so it's like actually raising and ascending our energy to another energetic level. What do you call yes. it? Yes. It's actually like, it's, it's what you said, but you know, it's just um, going to a higher frequency. It's going to a higher consciousness. Mm-hmm. And really what happens in ascension is that when we expand our consciousness, we're actually descending our spiritual, our spirit into our physical body. So the ascension is when we can come to a higher level of perspective and and consciousness, right? And higher vibration. But that's also, you know, when you, the process of clearing things out, like our cellular memory record, I always say like, you could see the dark energy moving out of your body and the white light coming in. So that's what it is. You have the ascension so you can descend more of a vaster part of your spirit yeah. into your physical vessel. Yeah. So then the seven ascension lessons, what are those? So it's separation, control, judgment, forgiveness, identity, unconditional love and divine guidance. Can you elaborate on each of those? So the first one was separation. <laughs> yes, separation. So you know, what are we separating from separation from God, mm. source, um, oneness, whatever people resonate with. It's basically separating from your true power. It's feeling that you don't have your own God self within you. It's that. Do you understand? Um, oh, yeah. No, I hear with, you. With separation, it's um, there's a lot of anxiety, there's fear, there's panic, 
worry, all of those low, very, very, very low vibratory frequencies that are attached to separation. And it happens, you know, it happens during the time of loss. It happens um, on many occasions. Different experiences will give you that feeling of feeling separated. Divorce, you know, marital status change or whatever status change it's in relationships. Those usually um, spark up a lot of separation because people are putting their energy into that person instead of themselves. They're not realizing that they are their own God and they can create their own type of reality and not having to codepend on somebody else. Yes, <laughs> you know? absolutely. And I think that that's, you know, a huge, uh, there's a, a huge element of our world, you know, and I think it's, it's almost like this, um, this ceiling that we're all stuck underneath. And because I think that most people believe that they're not of God or of the universe of source, that they're separate. And there's such a, when you're, when your understanding of yourself is not based in truth, it's hard to feel good or safe in who you are, or just really empowered to feel really in your true self, because how can you feel like your true self when you're denying the truth, right? Yeah. <clears throat> and that's what I call being in a victim mentality. Um, mm -hmm. And a lot of people are not consciously doing it because their body is holding on to so much information that they haven't cleared out, you know, past life stuff, you know, ancestral stuff, whatever it is. Yeah. There's so many types of clearings out there. But if your body is holding on to all of those events and those memories and everything that has happened, the belief programs, <laughs> yeah, all of it. Um, the person, because our body is the one that's like triggering all those cells, you know, it's signaling our mind what to think and um, see. Yeah. It's, it's going to come up and a person will unconsciously just be in victim mentality. In that sense, I would say a person really, really needs to have such a grander awareness of it so that they can be able to somehow change what they're thinking at that moment or um, erase it and do some, say something else or replace yeah. it with something else. Yeah. And I think the issue is that, because just as you're saying, it, it's sort of saying to break that, that loop, that negative thought process and cycles is that when you feel separate from source, you get attached to, like, let's say you think you're not of God, so you're not of worth you can get attached to things that you believe would give you worth, right? People who become obsessive about their value in terms of how they look, how successful they are, how much money they have, how much, you know, attention they get. You can become fixated on that because you think just as I am is nothing. It's worthless. And I need mm -hmm. these things to be, when we know that when we understand what we truly are, we're, if we're literally a piece of God in the universe, we're a divine being, there's nothing brighter or more beautiful or inherently than that. But when you don't know it, it you're going to seek everything else out to like, please give me value. Please show that I am of worth. I think, you know, going to what you're saying, um, the thing I'm hearing is for those who need it, reminding yourself of the one spiritual truth every morning. And what I used to do actually is um, I used to record myself on, you know, voice recorder on the iPhone. And I used to say all the spiritual truths of what I knew. And because our minds can get stuck 
somewhere, right? And so you can say something nice and beautiful today and then tomorrow wake up and forget all those nice and beautiful stuff because you've got the old imprints. And so my suggestion is to record the, the truth. The truth is I am a spiritual being. I am God. I'm sovereign. I'm free. And all these experiences are meant to just teach me a lesson and I'm open to learning all the lessons and so when you invite spirit to be there with you and ask you to give you grace while you're going through these experiences and to be open to seeing the lessons every day, you start to be more uh, accepting of what that truth is so that you can come more into your worth. But again, it's all about clearing out what's in the body. You can do this work, but it always works well when you clear out that junk that's holding all these negative frequencies and being able to actually see the truth of who you are much more easily. Yes. Yes. Okay. And then step two. So it's separation. What's, what's two. So it's, these are not by steps. I just want to say, cause, um, the lessons, lessons. there's, yeah, there's some people can experience judgment and control and other people can experience all seven of them. You know, it really depends. I, what I've noticed is that all the light workers are dealing with all of them. And it's because we've already come into our mastery in past lives. And now we're coming into this time in this time matrix to relearn all these lessons and remaster them mm-hmm. in one time so that we could be able to help others with the same thing. And I've seen people who are not light workers, they will only deal with two or three lessons because you cannot deal with all of them in one shot. You know, right. it's too much. But yeah. they're not like they're not like if you if you've mastered one, then you've mastered the other. They do work intertwined together. Mm-hmm. But you know, if somebody's working with one and not the other, it just means that they just gotta master certain aspects of that. So there's a separation, which also with separation, I have to say, um, there are structures. There are structures in place in our ethereal body that hold us in that separation aspect because light is so powerful, right? As a spirit, light is so powerful. We would, we had to, bring so many thick (laughs) structures into place to stop us from having all that light. So we have these crystals that are put in very specific places in our heads. And we have these divinity thresholds that doesn't allow the light to fully penetrate. And we've got these armors to protect us from having all this light to penetrate. And all these things, it's just amazing. So when I talk about separation, and when I see that people are holding certain frequencies like anxiety, fear, panic, worry, it's because they don't trust that they are held by the divine. And they can't trust that because they are so much, they have so much structures that have not been released and are holding all these patterns. Okay. So that's just separation, right? Yeah. Then when you can open that up, you know, some people are experiencing control. What you can get angry because you're not 
able to control the outcome. Again, that goes back to how, how much can you trust that the divine has you, that you are in a supported environment. You see how they're all interlocking and when I talk about it, I'm thinking, oh, divine guidance. So that's also remembering that you are a spiritual being in a physical body, just having an experience and you have your spiritual team with you who are rooting you on. (laughs) Even though you can't see them, they're rooting you on and they're always there once you can ask them. So that's their divine guidance. It's your spirit, it's your intuition, it's your team. Um, Forgiveness. You know, forgiveness is a big one. Yeah. A lot of people have a hard time to, to forgive and they hold all this betrayal and rejection. And the rejection goes back to what you said. Am I worthy? How worthy am I? Mm -hmm. Because I've been rejected. And again, it goes back to the spiritual truth of I am a spiritual being in a physical body. The person who did that is not really that person. They are also a spiritual being in a physical body and they're just playing their role because they are meant to show me something. They were meant to teach me something. And so when you think of it in that perspective, you can go back and say, well, I forgive them because it's not really them. They're just wearing a bodysuit. And it goes back to, um, well, we didn't start with judgment yet, but it goes to judgment to not judge the person for that because you understand that they are just playing a role. Yeah. Yeah. And I think the tricky part, as you describe all these, is that what I pictured in my mind is almost like a ping-ponging. Um, what's that game? <laughs> that game where you... T- the old school, is it ping pong? No. I don't remember. <laughs> um, the old school, like uh, in an arcade or something where you, oh man, I forgot it. Anyways, it's like this ball and then just like pings around. Like you shoot this thing out. Oh. Pinball, pinball. That's what it oh, is. Oh, it's pinball. pinball. Okay. So you shoot a pinball and then it just bounce, bounce, bounce. Because all of these judgment and separation and all these, it's like somebody you feel hurts you. And then, so you can't forgive them and you're angry and you have judgments against them and you feel separated because you didn't get what you wanted. And it's like, it's all reactivity. So we get, cause that's what I'm thinking. You see all this. I'm like, these things are, it's so hard to break out of. Cause when you're really stuck in that, it's one thing after another that just hits you and you feel I'm never going to like myself. I'm never going to accept myself. I'm always going to be angry and resentful at these people who messed everything up, that I messed things up. But then the question is, messed what up? I feel like that's mm-hmm. the bigger question. Once you kind of start your spiritual journey and goodness knows I'm not all the way there, but you start to think, what 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 did I think life was supposed to be and why? Was it supposed to be perfect? Was it supposed to be exactly how I thought? Or was is there a bigger experience to be had here? I mean, let's let's answer that question. If life was so easily depicted by your mind, right? Oh, yeah, I'm just going to do it like this and this is going to work out. There's no challenge that right. is going to help us grow. And then how do you evolve from that? All of Earth, Earth life is to evolve us and it's to accelerate our, our uh, mastery because we cannot be on Earth if we are not ready for it. And so whatever souls decided to be here at this time are meant to have this type of experience so that they are going to be evolving to a certain degree. And then there are some filler people, you know, I never said that before. So I guess 
it's really important that it's coming out now. But, oh, interesting. What's a filler yeah. person? I would say that a filler person, it's like, you know, um, there was this movie that was out before. I forgot what it was, but it was basically like a video game. And they would go into this, um, maybe not video game, but, you know, the virtual reality game. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And there would be those characters that were already there just to be there. And they had their own whatever. Those are filler people. Mm -hmm. They're just here just to be here. I look at life literally as a game. Like it's hard. It's hard to actually live it on a daily basis, knowing that it's a game. But when you just think about these things, to me, it's like a virtual reality show. We have those filler people, quote unquote, right? That are just there because they're not meant to ascend, but they're just meant to give us those challenges or be part of this experience, but not actually ascend as we all are meant to ascend or most of us are meant to ascend, right? Um, So it's just interesting that, that is an interesting concept. And that's that's interesting. It just came to mind for you because uh, I don't know if you know, have you heard of Dolores Cannon? The, oh no, she's a hypnotherapist, um, past life regressionist who was really big in like the 80s into the 90s. But she, in her later work, talks about that. About oh, really? Walk, yep. That when you walk around the world, there's people who like, you think they're there, but there's literally no way for you to even connect with them because they're they're not even a part of your real system. If that, like, if they're just fillers, they're just there. So that's, <laughs> I mean, that's one of the far reaching concepts, but it's just funny that you brought that up because I remember hearing that. I was like, that's really interesting. Um, and I, I also have, when I work with clients, maybe if they're suffering from grief or loss and they're trying to understand the nature of life and how to deal with their grief. what's actually been successful is to give that analogy that life is just a video game, that there's actually no, no such thing as death or loss that we choose just the way that when you sit down to play a video game, you do it for a reason. You're like, I want to have this experience of being this person in this game, trying to solve this problem. Well, here we are. It's exactly the same. (laughs) Yeah. And loss is actually, um, part of identity. Yeah. You know, because it brings you back to the spiritual truth of who am I? And there could be layers of the identity. You know, some people, I think the ultimate identity is knowing that you are a God in a physical body. And there's actually science that proves that we are God in a physical body. And it goes back to the Hebrew letters, which is, you know, what I work with. Mm -hmm. But if you actually look deep into that science, you will be surprised that there's truth behind that statement. And so it's very interesting to to like go back to it. You know, like I said, having that that awareness on a daily basis is the number one step that will help people get out of that thought process every day because it definitely takes you into the spiritual truth is I am God in a physical body or I am a spiritual being having a virtual experience, (laughs) human reality, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. But the bottom line is knowing that if you lost somebody, you're mourning the loss because of something greater. Yeah. It's a it's a lesson for you to know that number one, while your body is still here, your spirit is still connected to that spirit. And so that spirit is also around you, and you can connect to that spirit anytime you want. You don't have to necessarily hear them or see them, but you can connect and they will respond some way. There's it's always that kind of you know, magic to it. Yeah. Yes, definitely. Definitely. And I think 
you know, that reminder and that practice of having a morning ritual, I think is important. Um, I know for me personally, I've realized that I feel the lowest when I first wake up, when I've kind of come back into reality. And I just feel, I think I feel the heaviest, like, okay, like I'm, whatever I'm struggling with or just the weight of life just feels every time I wake up, which I hope will change. I mean, I think the more, you know, developed and enlightened you become, you begin to look forward to waking up in your days. But I think a lot of us also, people feel that way that, okay, here goes another day, another day of feeling regret and frustration and sadness or depression, whatever it is. So having that practice of reminding yourself that, you know, we chose to be here that this is truly just for an experience and it's the blink of an eye, right? This this life, it feels long when we're in it, but it's so quick. And before we know it, it's past and we're on to the next one. So how can we learn that way to, to honor and to appreciate each day and to accept ourselves each day? And I think that remembrance that we are divine, that we are no different than everything we see around us and the greater whole that we call God we're all one with that. And I think there's power to practices and rituals and things that return us back to that core knowing, that core truth. And that's why, yeah. And that's why I, you know, I'm so at awe with the work that I do because I, every time when I step into another Zoom call with someone and do this work, Mm -hmm. I'm still at awe because I'm learning something new. And again, I didn't create this. This was channeled, right? So if all of this just came through me, it's like I'm witnessing every day the power and the beauty that it has. Our bodies are the absolute most advanced technology out in the world. It is the most advanced technology. I cannot even tell you how amazing that is. All our cells, they all work. It's like, if you know how a computer works, you will know how your body works. Mm -hmm. So if you're waking up and feeling this weight and feeling like, oh no, another day of this, another day of that, there's already spirit telling you, this is what you need to work on. This is what you need to work on. So you can tailor your morning ritual to say, give me the strength and the grace to, to see what is holding me in this frequency so that I may transmute it. You know, it's again, bringing the awareness back to what is my daily day look like, but also what am I holding in my body? But that's why this work is so powerful. It literally just removes all of these dead weight programs and vows and promises that keep you stuck in this karmic matrix so that you can be in a bliss state so that every morning when you wake up, instead of feeling that heaviness, you're going to feel, yes, I can't wait to start the day because you know that you're fulfilling your purpose and you know that you are doing what you're meant to do and you're loving every step of it. That's what it's like to be in a bliss state. And when you become enlightened, you know, you can experience all these different duality experiences, but if you've got the tools and the awareness and the understanding of what life is all about, then you won't get sucked into it and you'll know just how to be able to deal deal with it gracefully. Yeah. And how, how do, when you're working with someone, how do you help them to dismantle that victim consciousness, that feeling that they are the, the victim of the things that have happened to them, the things that haven't worked out for them, that they just feel separated and not able to forgive. 
or accept. Well, it's exactly through the work because like I said, when we are in that space, we are literally breaking out all of the you know, the programs that are keeping them into that victim consciousness. And we are releasing it every time, you know, if, if it's, if it has a several lifetimes in it or timelines in it, then it'll come up in every session. But if it only has a couple of timelines in it, then it's made its stamp. And once it's done, we take it out of the body and that won't, that, that feeling that the memories of it won't be held in the body anymore. And it won't signal off those, um, thought processes or feelings of being a victim. Yeah. And, and remove the structures from being separate. Sorry. Yeah. It's okay. And then would you say that like those, those feelings are based, cause you talk about the, our cellular memory record. So is that sort of this gunk that you say that we can remove? Like, is that where all of our disappointments and, you know, defeating thoughts are kept is in cellular memory? Yes. All of it. All the information is in the cellular memory record. It's like a disc. <laughs> oh, wow. And so you help people to clear that disc. Clear yeah, that. the hard wipe drive. Clean. Wipe yeah. that hard drive clean. Yeah. yeah. And then how you talk about quantum leaping our evolution. How do we do that? Do you see that happening as on a greater scale and as a, you know, as humanity, as a species and or individually to people in an individual level? Can they quantum leap their personal evolution? When you are quantum quantum leaping your own evolution, you are helping humanity quantum leap as well. Because remember, you your magnetic field interacts with other people's magnetic fields. And so mm. your energy of that quantum leap, that enlightenment, the awareness will start to trickle down to other people that are around you it may bring up some things for them in a negative way, you know, and they might be triggered by your presence because of that, but that's them. That's not you. And so that's all the work. The work is always bringing up stuff that needs to be seen so that we can clear it. It's not meant for us to, to be triggered and stay in that trigger and to stay in that anger and the frustration or whatever emotion that it's bringing. It's meant for us to see it and find ways to understand that it's something that is not us, clear it, and move past it. How do we clear it? How can someone clear it in the moment? If they're having, if they're having a bad day and they're stuck in, like something happened that really stinks and you're like, why did this have to happen? And now I have to struggle with that. How can they shift that into, okay, this, was, this is a part of my growth, of my path that was meant for me. There's no coincidences, no mistakes. Right. There's That's exactly what you say. But um, when you are doing the morning ritual, like I said, right, what works for me is doing that morning ritual and it was a reminder. So whenever I would get into these situations, I say that if you are not doing this type of work while you're in this situation, Stay with a feeling for a few moments. Allow yourself to feel it. Don't hurt other people in the process. Don't hurt yourself in the process. But if you need to be angry, you know, scream into a pillow, get the anger out. If you need to cry, cry, let it out, but don't dwell. Let yourself feel the emotion. But when you do this morning ritual, you'll remember because it'll come up to your mind. And then you'll start to say, you know what? There's, there's a lesson here. Okay. Because I asked my spirit to teach me 
And my spirit is teaching me. So now that you've released the, the lesson or you've released the, the feeling, the emotion, you're now in that space and that willingness and that openness to accept now information that's coming through about it. And then you sit with yourself and you ask, what is this teaching me? I ask myself all the time when I'm in that space, I let myself feel it. I go through it. And then I stop and I say, okay, what is this lesson that I'm learning right now? What is this experience teaching me? And I would hear the answer. And then I would say, oh, it's forgiveness. Okay. Mm. And then I get into the space of, I forgive myself for whatever happened. And then I forgive that person. And you go back to the spiritual truth and reminding yourself that there's no point in me being angry with this person because they are just playing their role. I needed to see something. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's so unfortunate that more, we don't teach this more often to children to people in general, because look at how valuable this is. This is literally not telling someone just to get over it or saying, oh, it's fine. It's looking at a deeper because all, all behaviors are based in belief, right? And as the world is now, most people believe that when they do something wrong or when something doesn't work out how they want it, that it's a travesty, that it's just a terrible thing. And that's a strong belief to have. And it's hard to our mind to comprehend, how do I accept something that's terrible and that shouldn't have happened? But what you described is helping people to understand that there's no such thing as anything that's wasn't meant to happen. That's not for your highest good, right? I think that's something that's really strong is nothing happens for you that isn't for your highest good. Because even if it's a challenge, just as you said, you say, what is what am I learning from this? What is the lesson in this? What is the growth here? Why is this being brought to me? But exactly. you know, but the result of not having that belief that it's advantageous is, I mean, to me, that's that's what happens when people want to want to check out committing suicide is because they cannot get over something that they feel fundamentally they cannot accept, they cannot let go of. And you don't want to be here when you feel that strongly about, I don't like who I am. I can't accept what's happened to me. I can't accept how I feel every day. It's too hard. It's too much. And most people don't have someone they can talk to about these deeper concepts about the nature of life and you and us and our spirits and our higher being. It's just not there for most people that it's not introduced. It's actually kept from people, I would say. At a, yeah. at a large scale in society, they don't, this isn't encouraged. It's, as we know, it's, it's brushed off as woo and out there and, you know, wishy-washy stuff. Well, that's a whole new conversation, but yes, <laughs> uh, in short, um, they, this is why I talk about the dark forces in my work because I, after seeing COVID and seeing, and I, I did not want to accept the whole idea about dark forces and that we're being controlled. I did not want to accept it because I thought that's crazy. I was in this airy fairy life where, you know, the government was for us and not against us and all of these things. And after I experienced COVID, I thought, holy moly, I'm like in La La Land. This is not, there's something else going on here. And I started to hear the truth of what was going on. I started to understand things differently. And I was now I'm accepting it a lot more. And I teach about it to my clients. And I talk about how the dark forces, you know, behind the government and whatever, we are being controlled. 
And that's part of the work that we do in the quantum enlightenment system is to deactivate the mind control devices and all those other distortions that they have put in our fields and that they're trying to use to continue to control us. This is why COVID came out in the first place, because they knew that we are all ascending and they're trying to stop us from reaching that ascension. And so why not bring a virus out that's going to eat us alive or find a way to stop us from reaching full consciousness, whatever it is, right? And so you're right. This has been something that we were not allowed to see. Yeah. We were not allowed to experience. And so this is why I'm you know, trying to go on podcasts, <laughs> bring it out there to try to help people see it in a different way and to enlighten as many people as I can. And teacher of teachers, I want to be able to teach the teacher so the teachers can go out there and teach their people. Yes. Yeah. And I think that, you know, what sort of the, the notion you're sharing comes down to is that I think it was understood and established a long time ago in human history that when people are stuck in fear, they're very easy to control and get them to do what you want them to do. When Bingo. people are, are in a space of love, they're because love is unlimited. It's unconditional. You can't hold on to it. So you can't stop people once and they're in love. They're, they're not going to follow along because what, like, let's say, you know, something easy. Somebody says, um, I don't know if, you like, if you go out for a run, you're risking, like you get hit by a car, you could die. And so someone's going to be like, well, maybe I shouldn't go for a run. Maybe I should just like, <laughs> stay inside and stay safe. But if somebody's like, I trust that I can go out and I'll be safe and I'll be fine. Then they're in a space of love and acceptance. And also like, I just trust that whatever happens to me when I step out the door is okay. And they're like, I'm not going to worry about that. Then they're free. They're free to go do what they want to do. And that's kind of a silly example, but you know what I'm saying? It's like, when you're in love, you know, that you're, you're free. But when That's what we did during COVID. Everybody was, oh my God, you can't go outside. You can't go outside without a mask. You have to stay in. And my husband and, our, and I are like, we're fine. <laughs> Whatever. We trust that we're going to be fine. Yeah. You know? I, I think another, and another big issue, concern is that you can see it, this, you know, using fear. We People use it through marketing. And I mean, if you look at any corporation, on, they wouldn't exist without fear. Because there's another way, and I have, I'm sure you have visions of the future, and I have a vision of the future where we do things not out of manipulation and greed, but out of cooperation and helping others, right? There, there will still be probably companies when, when the world, we make this shift, but it's not going to be about how can we get people to think they have to have these things, because that's where we are right now. They manipulate us in every way to think you need this new product. You need this new thing because you know you don't like yourself because you're afraid that you're not good enough. And we want to keep you there because then you keep spending your money. But when we yeah. start to embrace who we are, we still we might want to still enjoy how we dress or how we you know do our makeup or where we live, but it's not going to define us. So we're going to spend a fraction of what we spend now, but people can still make a living of offering the things that people are wanting. And that's such a more loving exchange than because right now it's, it's pretty gnarly. Like it's pretty sinister energy when it comes to the, the purchasing and selling of goods. There's, you can't really trust anybody anymore <laughs> for the most part. I mean, or maybe not. That's how part, I felt. No, that's how I felt in my own, in, in working as a manager, you know, because yeah. I saw what they were, were, the ingredients in this particular product line that I was working for at the time. And I thought, wow, I do not want to sell this to people. 
because I know what it's doing to the body. <laughs> so, and that's you know, so disconcerting. There's so many products that are not and industries that are not regulated. Or, I mean, it just, it goes, it goes pretty deep. Just how when people have money, they can basically make whatever they want happen. If they want to bypass certain regulations, if they want to be able to do something that you shouldn't be able to do, they can do it. And that's what's scary right now about money and power. Yeah, exactly. Those are people who are using their power for the wrong reasons or, you know, yeah. And it's not everybody and everywhere, but it's it's very strong on our planet. And I think that's why you and I and people who feel called to this, it's you start to sense it and you realize this is literally suppressing our true human nature as spiritual beings. You know, yeah. I know for me in the past, I just feel it more. I feel this oppression. I feel this for all of us. Like this is not what life was meant to be. I think that's why you keep on traveling. <laughs> you just want to get out there and just... Yeah. Keep moving around to keep yourself busy. Yeah. We'll keep like trying to switch the energy and not feel like stifled. But now my mission is to find my sanctuary, you know, because you do eventually want to, or not everyone, you can say a gypsy for life if you want to, but I'd love to have a place <laughs> that I'd love to be a beacon, right? And I, one day I'd love to have a home that I can share with others and like be a, a place for people to come and gather and do more retreats and rituals so that we can, you know, really begin to expand and ascend together. Yeah, absolutely. And you know what? Yeah, that's having that dream and putting that out in the universe will essentially, you know, come forward once it's meant for you. So I know that it's going to happen soon. I actually wanted to do some retreats too. So maybe we can do them together. (laughs) There you go. There we go. Yay. Collaboration. That's another thing I'm feeling too, is that people are coming together more now. And I think that's just going to quicken and continue. Um, I've said this a few times, but I've had sort of this sense that right now we're people are kind of recognizing like the own their piece of what they play but that it's going to happen pretty fast that everyone all of a sudden what they've been putting in place gets kind of lit up and then mm-hmm. we're going to see this sort of shift where people are going to notice that there's new people doing new things offering saying new things and and there's going to be less fear around speaking to it and i think that's when we're going to see pretty exciting stuff happen Yeah. I mean, the shift is going to take some time, but right now we're the foundation of putting that shift together. So, you know, setting expectations or realistic expectations and hopefully goals for other lightworkers and healers and people who are waking up for all of humanity to experience. Yeah. Which is very exciting. It's very (laughs) exciting. And that's another thing that's important to remind people and maybe to have as a daily practice is you know, cause life can be pretty daunting right now. It can feel like there's no chance that there, it can change or that anything's going to get better yet. It absolutely will and can. Right. Yes. And I think, you know, remembering to try to do things that are fun is going to help us get out of that because our natural state is free and bliss. So yes. we need, we need to incorporate like fun evenings after work. And you know, I, I adore my husband for that because my husband, he goes to work, he comes home. He's like, I want to do something, even though he has so much on his plate, so many things on his to-do list. He's like, I'm not going to be a workaholic. Even if it comes to working at home for my own stuff, Yeah, I'm going to take a break. And he allows himself that. Yeah. That's amazing. I, I was just talking to this about somebody yesterday about how the the purpose of life truly is the expression of the divine, which is joy. Yeah. 
when, when the soul is expressed through us, that's literally what we call joy. When you're having this moment where you feel like your heart open, that's because you're literally feeling your soul be expressed. God be expressed. The universe expressed through you. How amazing yes. is that? But then yeah, also beautiful. think about the fact that literally our planet says, we don't have time for that. Joy, like joy, happiness. That's like a, you know, that's a pipe dream, buddy. Like get to work, go, you know, we got to work here. We got to stay alive. We got to make a living. Like if you talk about joy, it's sort of like, yeah, okay. But that's yeah, not but you know what, what my husband does is he talks about joy and he gets everybody involved and that's great. I'm starting to see that maybe that's the way, maybe if you talk about joy and people look at you like you have 10 heads, get them out and they'll spread it out to their friend and then you'll spread it out to another friend and you know, it'll just become the norm like COVID. A lot of people change their work life because COVID came in. Nobody wants to work like they were before. I've, I've heard a lot of places don't open the same hours that they used to be open. More people are working from home More people are traveling. So it's always, it's, it, that was like a one universal thing. Right. But even that started trickling down because of our energetic fields, the fear, the fear mongering that was happening, that all worked because we were all in sync. And so all our energetic bodies and the energies were just trickling down to each other. So even if we started off with five people in this world, even though I'm sure there's more that would say, let's have fun and let's do something joyous tonight. You know, I'm sure that that energy would trickle down and eventually get people on that bandwagon of having more joy in their lives. Absolutely. That's all it takes. They, they, you know, they say that critical mass of change is really only like 25% or something. It doesn't have to be a (laughs) hundred. And then 25% of 7.5 billion in people. I know. I mean, it's still a lot, but like, it's not, it's not a hundred percent. Like that would be a really tall order, but you know, 25% (laughs) is, is, and we're getting closer, but just like you said, when you think about it, if something like the introduction of COVID can make us all kind of shift into the same mindset one way where we, we literally changed our lives overnight because we were told to, well, what's stopping us from one day realizing, Hey, you know what? I think life is more about abundance and freedom and happiness and joy. So I'm going to focus my life more around that and release these concepts I had about what life has to be. Maybe that can happen overnight. And all of a sudden we're at like 50% and life changes. And we're like, we don't even recognize this place anymore. Wouldn't that be great? Yeah. But, um, you know, either way we can put that out in the universe and be the ones to start that, that new uh, order. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for sharing your concepts and ideas and telling us about your quantum enlightenment system. This is really exciting. Great stuff. If people listening would like to work with you, would like to you know, be a part of your program, how can they find you? Um, so they can go to my website, www.catalytichealing.com. And there I have the blueprint call on all pages because um, I don't want anyone to just go on and pay. I need to make sure that both feel aligned to the work that we that I do mm-hmm. um, and to make sure that they're ready because this is pretty advanced. And I want to make sure that whoever's coming in for the blueprint call is feeling ready for this type of change because it re- really, really um, transformed their lives. So I would say go to the blueprint call first. It's complimentary. And, and it's then fantastic that, and so helpful and very thorough. It's amazing. Thank you. It's a great experience. <laughs> 
Thank you. Um, I also have a YouTube channel, which you can put in the show notes that has all my podcast episodes. They talk about the life lessons, how, what problems I had in my life that I used. Um, It's all raw information about my life, my experiences, my challenges, and how I was able to get into what is this teaching me phase. Um, So I think that would be really insightful for people to want to listen to. Yeah. And what's the name of your podcast? Blue Blood... Blue blood wisdom. All right. Wonderful. Well, so many great concepts and ideas shared here. Thank you for being open. Thank you for your courage in sharing about your work and the courage to take the call, right? Some people, if they're in their shower and they're getting downloads about some stuff that feels very foreign and strange, they might be like, la, la, la. I don't want to hear this. I want to keep going (laughs) my life. But you took it and you, you said, okay. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to write it down. I'm going to share it. So thank you. Thank you for having me here. Thank you for being a beacon of light. And um, I look forward for you to implement some joy in your own space. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. I'm do that. Go do that right now. <laughs> it's joy time. <laughs> All right. Thank you so thank much. You. Take care. Bye. Bye. That wraps up our beautiful conversation with our wonderful guest, Thank you so much for listening to the Women Waken podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please do share it with others and come back for more. If anything you heard resonates, leave a review or send me an email at Whitney at womenwaken.com and check out the website, womenwaken.com. Have a wonderful rest of your day and don't forget to let your light shine and keep an eye out for your special gifts and magic.